Would you like to accelerate your career and reach your full potential in just minutes a day? Welcome to the LeadX Show with New York Times bestselling author and Inc. 500 entrepreneur, Kevin Cruz. What if one new daily practice could bring your team higher morale, better performance, and more loyalty? Hello everyone, Kevin Cruz here. And in a minute, we're gonna learn about management fundamentals that make all the difference. First, don't forget to sign up for the LeadX Daily Newsletter over at leadx.org, that's O-R-G. We'll send you a challenge of the day from our esteemed guests, one quick action that's gonna push you outside your comfort zone and make you a little bit better, leadx.org. Our guest today is an advisor to business leaders and a sought after keynote speaker. He's the best-selling author of many books, including Not Everyone Gets a Trophy, It's Okay to Be the Boss, and my favorite, The 27 Challenges Managers Face. He is the founder and CEO of Rainmaker Thinking, Bruce Tolgan. Welcome, Bruce. Oh, thank you so much for having me on your show. No, I'm excited. I'm a big fan of your book. I've had it for long before this this interview. I encourage uh, people to grab it and kind of keep it as a management guide. And we're going to talk more about it in just a minute. But first, Bruce, tell us a time you know when you failed, maybe early in your career, and what did you learn from it? Because I want all of us to learn from it too. Oh my gosh, I have so many stories of personal failure. I ran some political campaigns when I was very young wow. and, did, and didn't win. <laughs> uh, when I wrote my first book, I had a heck of a time finding a publisher for, you know, and I, uh, until I finally did. Uh, when I gave my first speech, um, I, I had finished my book and I was getting a lot of media attention, but I hadn't really given a, a full speech to a group of business leaders. And, and when I first did, I wasn't prepared and boy, it did not go well. Uh, so, you know, so, you know, you take the thing that I've always tried to do with failure is use failure as a building block. And, you know, uh, resilience is, is uh, so important and using failure as a learning experience and uh, not suggesting anyone court failure. But, um, you know, you get so much out of any experience, even if you don't quote unquote win. And, um, you know, what, did you learn? What relationships did you build? What uh, wisdom did you bank? You know, did you get stronger in any way? Um, and rather than being beaten down by failure, you know, I've always tried to use uh, failures as, you know, even worst case scenario, uh, keep it on my shoulder as a reminder, don't do that again. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that phrase, you know, what wisdom did you bank? So this idea that, look, you're either going to win or you're going to learn, you know, you're, you're going to be better for the experience. So, Bruce, the book I want to chat about today is 27 Challenges Managers Face. And I got to say, you know, it's a bold title because when I first saw it, I thought, what, there's only 27? How about 23 or 32? And I flipped it open. And actually, every challenge I could think of, every question I've ever been asked as a leadership you know, guy, you cover it. I think there really are, are 27. And we don't have time in this short format show to go into all of them. So I want to focus on more some of the universal truths. And you say there's an under-management epidemic. So what do you mean by that? 
Well, you know, we've been doing research on the front lines of the workplace for 24 years. And um, some number of years ago, I began to tune in to this phenomenon that uh, there seemed to be this, this problem hiding in plain sight in just about every workplace, which was that leaders, managers, and supervisors were not doing enough high structure, high substance uh, communication with their direct reports. They weren't providing enough high structure, high substance guidance, direction, support, coaching, spelling out expectations, keeping score, troubleshooting, problem solving, holding people accountable, um, and, 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 and recognizing and rewarding people when they're going the extra mile. So leaders are busy and uh, uh, sometimes they don't want to do the hard work of, of managing and leading. Sometimes they don't really know how to or they think they're not good at it or they haven't been properly trained uh, or they're doing what comes naturally instead of what works best. Um, so for a lot of reasons, most organizations, if there is this problem hiding in plain sight, that most of the leaders are not doing enough high structure, high substance communication. And, and there are huge costs. Problems occur that didn't have to occur. Problems get out of control that could have been solved easily. Resources are squandered. People go in the wrong direction for days, weeks, or months without realizing it. Low performers are able to hide out and collect paychecks. Mediocre performers mistake themselves for high performers. High performers get frustrated and think about leaving. And managers find themselves less able to delegate responsibilities and tasks and projects because they're not doing the hard work of the structured communication. So, you know, managers talk to their people a lot, but it's usually touching base and interrupting each other and monitoring email and meetings and then the occasional firefighting instead of the regular structured guidance, direction, support, and coaching. So Bruce, let me, let me, uh, that's exactly, I wanted to dive in more deeply because I think for maybe decades, you know, there were some influential uh, consultants and books that would talk about, you know, management by walking around MBWA and uh, getting out from behind your desk is good advice. But I think it was people took that or managers often took that as, you know, go for a stroll, get a cup of coffee, check in with people. And, but there was no thought or plan. As you say, it was unstructured. So what should we be doing instead? You mentioned a couple of times, like high structure, high substance. What does that look like? How often would, should we be checking in with people? Like, What's it really look like? Yeah. Um, by the way, management by walking around is a great start. The question is, what do you do while you're walking? Around? Mm -hmm. And what some managers do is they go, you know, how's everything going? Is everything on track? Any problems I should know about? And that makes them feel like they're in dialogue with their direct reports. But those questions are all invitations to wrap up the conversation quickly. You know, how's everything going? The answer I'm looking for there is fine. Is everything on track? What I'm looking for there is yes. Any problems I should know about? What I'm looking for there is you will take care of it. So, <laughs> you know, and then it's like, hey, let me know if you need me later. I'm always available. And then we interrupt each other all day long. So that is what passes for, for management. So walking around is great, but you want to you wanna have a routine, you want to have structure. And so what that means, the most important thing about structure is that it's regular, it's consistent, it's ongoing, and both the manager and the individual contributor know the conversation's going to happen and prepare for it. 
That's the most important thing, that we know it's going to happen, that it's regular, that it's ongoing, and that we both prepare. Okay. And then, you know, everybody's different, right? Some people, uh, they need much more guidance and direction. And you got to meet with them every day for 10 or 15 minutes to point them in the right direction. Some people, uh, maybe every other day is enough. Some people once a week, you know, some people every other week is enough. Um, and not only that, but some people, what you need to do is go over their to-do list. Every day. But some people, uh, what you're doing is um, helping remind them about something they're trying to get better at. Mm-hmm. Some people, uh, what you're doing with them is uh, uh, you're, you're always working on an extra mile project. Uh, some people, the reason you're talking to them is they're so good you know, you're trying to learn from them. Hey, tell me what's going on on the front lines. What do you need from me to keep you going in the right direction and, and to clear obstacles for you and get you the resources you need? So every conversation is different, both in substance and structure. Right? So the structure is regular, ongoing, and we're both preparing. And we know that it's an ongoing dialogue about your performance, about what you're doing all day uh, to add value. And my job as a manager is to, to make sure expectations are clear, to be giving you regular feedback, uh, to be helping you plan the resources you need and, and, and plan how to navigate through obstacles, and to be helping you keep score. And uh, also, of course, troubleshooting and problem solving. And, um, and, and so each ongoing dialogue should take on its own life. But structure and substance, if you focus on a structure that keeps us both preparing and everybody's different. And by the way, it may be a moving target, right? right? Maybe okay. one week it's every day and then one, you know, for a while it's, it's every other day. And for a while, sometimes it's once a week is enough. That sounds great. Now, I mentioned the 27 challenges that you've cataloged in the book. And, and of course, again, we can't get into all of them, but, you know, pick one, you know, one that you think managers encounter, you know, a common was once maybe one that you get asked about, um, which one is it? And what's the advice you give for solving that challenge? Well, I guess the most fun one you could <laughs> say is, uh, dealing with attitude problems. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, this is that thing that every manager will tell you, man, does attitude matter? Oh yeah, it matters a lot. Right. But, but every manager will tell you it's, you know, it's a little hard to define and it's a little hard to monitor and measure. And how do you help somebody have a bad attitude and then try to break it down? And what's manageable is not how people feel on the inside. But what is manageable is uh, the thoughts, words, gestures, and behaviors on the outside. So um, I try to walk managers through that. Okay, when you say this person has a bad attitude, let's be more specific. Let's describe that. What is it they're doing? Um, and, and, you know, some people complain. Some people are debaters. They debate everything ad infinitum. Some people, I call them stink bomb throwers. You know, they just, they throw something really negative into the scene. Right. Some people are porcupines. Get away from me. Right. Some people are um, entanglers. They want to get everyone else entangled in their stuff. And these are the people sometimes who participate in everyone else's break. Right. And so, you know, there, there are all these different kinds of attitudes that are difficult in the workplace And so I try to walk through, well, what has our research shown are some of the ways managers can help employees 
demonstrate a better attitude on the outside, even if they're not feeling it on the inside. Makes a lot of sense. We often, I think, as managers, and we can sort of see uh, the the bad attitude, but we really need to pause and make sure we understand what is it, what is the observable behavior that we're seeing and what is the effect it's having on others so that we can coach it in the right way. So Bruce, before we wrap up, I always like to, you know, encourage our, our listeners to say, hey, you know, you're, you just heard these great ideas. You're going to rush out and buy the 27 challenges and use that as the manual for your toughest challenges. But I want them to anchor this immediately. So give us a challenge or a little exercise, anything that we could do today. Well, uh, I'll tell you, uh, my advice is make a list of all the people uh, who report to you, people who rely on you as a leader, manager, supervisor, and maybe ask yourself, um, when's the next time you're going to sit down and have a 15-minute one-on-one uh, with each of those people? And then maybe pick one and say, what should I try to help that person get better at over the next couple of weeks? And then, okay, you know, how often should I meet with that person? Over, you know, maybe every day or every other day. And how can I build a dialogue with that person where I try to help that person get better at this thing? And, and try that as an experiment. Do that for a couple of weeks with one person and see the impact. Uh, and then you might start thinking, wow, how have I been telling myself I'm leading people when I haven't been doing this? Yeah, that's that's great. Encourage everybody to take advantage of that. So, Bruce, what's the best way our listeners can find out more about you, your books, and your company? Well, if you go to RainmakerThinking.com, uh, there's lots of free stuff there. We have a news feed there. So there's always, you know, 20 or more articles or interviews that are there available uh, on a whole range of different subjects. Um, and of course you can follow me on Twitter at Bruce Tolgan. That's probably the best way. Sounds great. All right, friends, you've just been mentored by the great Bruce Tolgan, one of the world's leading experts on management. You can get the links he just mentioned and the show notes from this interview over at leadx.org. And LeadX Nation, quick favor, if you just got your money's worth from this podcast, take a minute, leave a one or two sentence review up on iTunes for me. It would mean the world. Until next time, remember, you don't need a title to be a leader. It's not about power or authority. Leadership is influence. How will you lead today?